Hello, White Sox fans. It's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 10 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by Southside Sox. Today on the show, I have Seth Stoaz of Twins Daily to talk about Minnesota Twins, about the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Seth, please introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm Seth Stoaz. I'm uh, one of the founders and uh, writers and editors and schedulers at, at twinsdaily.com. Um, we also have a Brewer Fanatics site and uh, Northside Baseball, which is a Cubs site as well. But uh, yeah, just uh, I've been I've been blogging now. I'm just about to hit 20 years, and we we've, we've uh, consolidated Twins Daily maybe 11, 12 years ago. So I'm an old guy who's been doing this for way too long. <laughs> That's great, though. That means you know your stuff. Theoretically, no. at least. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the Twins are sitting atop the American League Central right now with a record of 15 and 11. The closest team is still two and a half games back, the Guardians, as we are recording this. So tell me about this team. They seem kind of special this year. I know the American League Central is kind of a bogus league anyway, but still, they're con- they constantly kind of sit atop that league. Well, and it would be nice as a Twins fan for them to do that because two years ago they finished in last, and last year even it, despite being in first place until late August, um, you know, finished in third place after a just horrible September. So, you know, I think getting Carlos Correa was a huge thing this offseason, bringing him back, no matter how that happened and the, the weird situation that, I think that was a big deal. Um, bringing in Christian Vasquez has proven to be a pretty good thing, not only for – uh, an improvement at the catcher position in general for the Twins, but uh, really helping the pitching staff. Um, the pitching staff itself has been surprisingly good. I mean, you hate to trade a guy like Luis Arais, but, uh, you know, to get a guy like Pablo Lopez, that's what you have to do. And when you've got Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez, and Sonny Gray at the top, and you've got guys like Duran and, and uh, Jorge Lopez and Griffin Jacks, Caleb Thielbar in the bullpen, that's what's been winning games for the Twins. Their offense has struggled, to be sure, but uh, it, it's a fun team to watch. Yeah, for sure. I I know that the White Sox, you're facing, I think, Michael Kopech and then Dylan Cease, and then I think Lucas Giolito again. Cease has been the only sort of steady pitcher right now for us. Um, Lucas has been okay, but, yeah, it's nice – to have a team that's actually got um, a decent starting pitching rotation. Uh, I yeah, but I bet going into the season, you know, with, with Lance Lee and Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, I mean, that's a pretty good starting point. And I would, you know, even as a Twins fan and, and the whole Twins-White Sox thing, that's a pretty good staff that I don't I don't feel comfortable facing any of them. I mean, Colpack throws hard and has a ton of potential and, Will it happen for them all at the same time this year? Who knows? But I, I certainly think they're a better team and a better pitching staff than they've shown so far. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. So <laughs> where do you see the Twins kind of sitting maybe mid-season and then again towards the end, like September, late September? Yeah, I think this is a team that is built, um, especially including the depth, that it should be right there near the top, uh, I would suspect. You know, Cleveland will be kind of in the running all year. And I, like I said, I think Chicago will at some point make a run. Uh, there's just too much talent on the team. But 
you know, I, I think this is a team that they did focus on adding depth. You know, even in my move like adding Michael A. Taylor, uh, gold glove center fielder in center field uh, during this offseason. He's played center field almost every game this year, and and that's because Byron Buxton is DHing. So, you know, Joey Gallo has been a big deal, and, and getting him has, has provided a certain spark. Um you know, I think the Twins offense should get better and, and the pitching should be okay as long as they stay healthy. And that's why, you know, as we're talking here, I'm not even sure who who will start those three games against the White Sox because, um, you know, Kenta Maeda went in for an MRI a couple of days ago on his elbow uh, coming back from Tommy John's surgery. And uh, in um, – what day is today? In Thursday's uh, game, Tyler Malley left after four innings with uh, some elbow issues. So, you know, will he make his next start? I'm not sure. But that obviously is the key. The fortunate thing, again, with that concept of depth is they've already – we've already seen Bailey Ober make a start. We've seen Louis uh, Varlin make a start. Simeon Woods-Richardson has come in in long relief, as has Brent Hedrick. And all four of those guys could could do start or could be starters, uh, maybe for some other big league teams. But certainly, if those are your your backup options, you're sitting pretty good. So that's why I think the Twins will be in contention throughout the year. Um, but you know, I, again, as weak as the division is, um, you know, I do think Cleveland and Chicago will both be a, a contender as well. Yeah, it seems like it's always the three teams kind of constantly fighting for that first, second, third spots, half the time, like tying for first or second. Um, So you mentioned, you mentioned health, obviously a healthy Byron Buxton is going to be a big piece of the kind of greater picture for the twins. So with a healthy Buxton and Carlos Correa kind of keeping up the pace he's on right now, how confident are you going into this winning division I mean I know again it's kind of a race but like do you feel good about that at least I do um you know again it's a big assumption to assume health with Byron Buxton based on his career um but they have a plan and so far so good as we're about a month in he's DHing uh will he get into center field I think at some point that's the goal but um, obviously he's got enough bat that you feel good about that. Carlos Gray is off to a pretty slow start. He had a couple, couple good games against the Yankees last week and the week before, but overall, I think he'd admit he's not putting up the numbers he thinks he could. So in, in reality, I think that's very encouraging because you know that at the end of the year, Correa is going to put up some great numbers and, and uh, health is always an issue. It's an issue with every team, the White Sox, uh, Cleveland, every team faces it. So it's just a matter of how you handle it and then kind of how long people are out. Uh, Joey Gallo missed about 10 days. Um, Jorge Polanco and Alex Kirilov are two guys that they were very patient with this spring. Polanco has just been back here in the last week and done a nice job. Kirilov is playing almost every day now in AAA and, and maybe up at some point in the near future. Um, so that's always going to be a factor, but hopefully these guys are coming back and, and, uh, we'll stay healthy. (laughs) You know, it's, it it seems like a big ask. Yeah. That's pretty evergreen for every team. Like the White Sox are just sitting with a bunch of unhealthy players right now that are on stents or rehabbing at the moment. Yeah. Um, So I know this is like a real sample size. We 
you know, are just kind of rounding out the very first month of baseball. But do you have like an MVP candidate for the Twins right now? That's that's a tough question. I would almost argue that they don't. Um, you know, they've got some guys who have had really good years and good starts to the year. Um, who's been their best offensive contributor? I think you'd have to um, probably say Buxton. Um, yet at the same time, he's now DHing, so that kind of takes some of that away. Uh, Gallo is off to a fast start. I mean, I know he's not going to hit for real high average, but he's hitting 260 right now as we're talking. And he has the ability to take walks, get on base. And he has provided three doubles and seven home runs at this point. Maybe there will be some more before the series starts, hopefully. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, he's, he's made himself into a candidate. Um, but we know that he's not going to probably hit 261. If he hits 230, he's an all-star candidate with the power right. and stuff that he's got. So he's been playing first base. I mean, he's you know, a gold glove candidate there and he's won gold gloves in the outfield. So I think right now he would be my choice, but you know, Buxton and Correa will certainly factor into that as well. Yeah, of course. I big Joey Gallo fan anyway. So I'm, I'm happy to see, even though it is against kind of like our division rival, yeah. that he is off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun to watch. I know the twins fans weren't real excited about that. That signing actually came, you know, within a couple of days of Correa agreeing to terms with either the Mets or the Giants. And so Twins fans weren't real excited about it, especially after he hit 160 last year. Um, but it's so far so good, and, and you just hope that the power continues. Yeah. All right, we're going to take just a very quick break to pay some bills right before we get into this upcoming series. So we will be right back. And we are back. I am again at my Crystal O'Keefe, and I'm here with Seth to talk about all things Twins as we head into this upcoming White Sox Twins series. So, as you might be aware, the White Sox are kind of down bad right now. As of this recording, the White Sox have lost eight in a row and have yet to win two games in a row or even a series. Uh, Thursday night, they lost 14-5 to against the Rays. So, with that said... How do you feel going into this now the second series with the White Sox? Do you think this is just an easy series win for the Twins? Because I think a lot of Major League Baseball is thinking, you know, White Sox, A's, Royals are are the very easy stretch of their schedules. Well, um, you know, the Twins actually won their season series already with the Yankees, winning four out of seven games. But they lost two out of three at home to the Washington Nationals, who – might be the worst team in baseball. So I would never in any series say that it's <laughs> going to be easy. And uh, for sure against the White Sox, it seems like no matter what their records are, uh, you get some really good, close, competitive games. And, um, you know, both teams certainly have their characteristics. Both teams certainly have their flaws. Uh, and those always seem to come to light during the Twins-White Sox series. So, um yeah, I don't expect it to be easy. And like I said, uh, you know, I think they're going to face the the Twins four and five starters, mm-hmm. um, both of which we don't know who those will be. Um, with Maeda and Mally being uh, question marks, you, you probably will be Bailey over and, and maybe Louis Varland. Um, 
which I feel good about, but at the same time, they are young. They are rook. Uh, Barlin's a rookie. Ober's a, a second or third year guy who has had good success in, in the big leagues. But, um, you know, so you just don't know. And if the Twins are going to get guys like Kopech and Cease and, you know, Lynn and Giolito, those guys are capable of shutting anyone out at any time. So it's it's most likely it's going to just be another really good series, close games. And, you know, as a baseball fan, I appreciate that. I, I like that. As a Twins fan, I'd much rather they be less stressful games and the Twins just win them easily. Right. I will give Ober some credit, though. The White Sox tend to not be able to hit much off of him in the past. I've noticed, you know, when Bailey's in town or when we're there, he, he's pretty good against this team. So I have to give him some credit. I, again, I don't know, you know, who he's going to face. Because, um, again, if it's somebody like Cease or somebody like Gilito, it could be a tight game. Um, but Yeah, I think Bailey good. would be vastly underrated, um, you know, with Kenta Maeda being hurt. That was a big topic throughout spring training is they really had six starting pitchers for five spots. And they, I think, would agree. And I think Bailey Ober's a big league pitcher and shouldn't mm-hmm. spend time in the minors. But unfortunately, he had to. And uh, I think now is going to be his opportunity. But whenever he's been healthy at any level through the minors and in the majors, when he is healthy, he is really good. Um, he's added velocity and become uh, – I mean, I think he's a very good major league pitcher. He's clearly not, you know, I mean, Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, and and uh, Joe Ryan are clearly their top three. But, you know, Bailey Ober fits in right after that very well. Yeah, he does. I know the White Sox had a ton of trouble against Pablo last series. That was a pretty brutal game to watch and cover. <laughs> Yeah, um, and well, as a Twins fan, I've seen the other side of that happen Mm -hmm. way too often as well. So, I mean, it was uh, last year Dylan Cease had his uh, no-hitter into the ninth, and and Luis Arise is the only one that broke that up. I mean, the Twins have struggled against – well, they struggled against Cease this year too. They struggled against Sandy uh, Alcantara with the Marlins. They Mm -hmm. struggled with Jesus Lazardo. you know, they didn't, they got shut out, I think, against Garrett Cole. And that's the thing, as we're talking here, there have been two complete game shutouts in Major League Baseball this year. Both of them have been against the Twins. So, yeah. again, this the Twins offense, I think they're talented, but I think they're also capable of getting shut out at any time. To be fair, when you put Sandy and Garrett into the conversation, those are like two of the best pitchers in baseball Absolutely. and have been. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but, uh, and the Twins have seen some really good pitching, too. But, um, you know, they do have an ability to, even if they strike early, they, you know, when they scored nine runs against the Yankees in the first inning of that series, um, they only had, like, three runs the rest of the, the four-game series. So, you know, it, having Polanco back is a big deal. But, you know, I, again, the White Sox are, are the team that will continue to scare me more than, than Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland doesn't necessarily have the big names other than Bieber and, and Jose Ramirez. Whereas with the White Sox, again, you, the, the entire pitching rotation has the ability any day to shut a team out. And, you know, I know they've been very inconsistent, but when you've got guys like uh, Robert and uh, Jimenez and, um, you know, Vaughn and those types of names, uh, 
you know, any any day they could just go off. Mm-hmm. Well, right now our our biggest threat, I think, is Jake Berger, which is funny because he started off in you know Triple A Charlotte, and with um, Eloy Jimenez going on the injured list for a bit, he came up, and now it's like where where can we fit Jake Berger into this rotation when Yuan Moncada comes back? Because you know, Eloy does not want to be a DH, but he's also very terrible in the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we we're trying to like figure out because like I think he was the only person that even hit the ball um and Thursday's game against the race. So he's yeah. our he's our good. It's a threat. tough thing. And losing Jose Abreu, I know he's getting older and I know you know Andrew Vaughn is is ready, but I think losing Abreu probably is a bigger impact uh in the clubhouse on the you know between games off the field uh then he then he is losing him on the field mm-hmm. where he's obviously been a great player and MVP candidate for a long time so um I'm, I think it's an adjustment but you know I think the White Sox are kind of in that place where it'll be very interesting and and I know that you wanted to talk twins, but maybe <laughs> use some White Sox stuff from a Twins fan's perspective. Yeah, go for it. You know, I really feel like if if the White Sox are out of it in June and in July, they're a team that right now does have pieces that people would be interested in, mm-hmm. and a guy like Jimenez, um, you know, he can hit at when he when he's available. But you know, if you could trade him and get some prospects back, I think that'd be a good move. Moncada's kind of in the same boat. Um, I, I know everyone likes Tim Anderson. He could be a guy that either you build around or, you know, a guy you could get something for. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent and, and uh, you know, not to, again, jump all over, but last year the Twins had a series in Cleveland in, in mid-July and had a chance to, without – three blown saves in a series they had a chance to be up by 10 Mm -hmm. and instead after that series they were up by one or two which kept both Chicago and Cleveland in it so um, that changed everybody and what they were going to do the Twins could have walked away if they would have you know uh, held on in those those games so I'm very curious where these teams are mid-season that was a great question you started out with because Mm -hmm. uh, that may dictate how the final two months of the season goes. Yeah, I know Tim ideally would be the person to build around. Um, obviously, he's he's been great, but I just keep seeing like, oh, he's going to be a Dodger this, you know, come July. And I'm like, please, no, we need we need Tim to stay. Like, this is, this is our, you know, third rebuild in five years, it feels like. So we need... Oh, no, I, I get it. And rebuilds are not fun because... I mean, I lived through the twins of the 90s and I lived through the twins of the, um, you know, most of the last decade until the last, until what, 2019. But, um, you know, Kansas City has been in a rebuild now for several mm-hmm. years and uh, Detroit's been in a rebuild for a lot of years. And it's, it's sometimes easy to say, let's rebuild it. And, you know, but rebuilding is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it, you feel like you're in a constant state of rebuilding and rebuilding Correct. and rebuilding again. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are your keys really for the Twins to take this series or, you know, even just take, you know, a game or two out of this series? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's so cliche, but it's all about pitching. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know that, like I've said, they're going to face four and five in the Twins rotation and then probably Pablo Lopez again in the last game if things are, you know, go by the current schedule. Um, and that's probably over, over in Barland rather than Mally and, and Maeda potentially. So it's going to come down to those guys and how they do on a particular day. But, you know, I feel good about the Twins starting pitching depth at least seven deep. And, uh, you know, we haven't gone beyond that yet. Um, you know, with Jorge Polanco back, I really think that's helped the offense, just letting it go one deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should be getting Kirilov and Kyle Farmer back. Uh, hopefully in the very near future, uh, whether that's for the Chicago series, I, I probably doubt it, but um, you know, they just, they can't have those games where they just do nothing. And again, I think the White Sox starters all have the ability to do that to a team. So uh, I think for the twins, the key is going to be pitching, but they also just need a way to not be terrible offensively. <laughs> Do you think the pitching might be the biggest threat for the Twins? Or do you think, you know, with Polanco back and Buxton healthy at DH right now, do you think they're more of a threat? Or who is your biggest threat on the Twins right now? You know, I, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, I really feel like the Twins' top three starters, you know, I think you know, Pablo Lopez got the, the big money. Uh, Sonny Gray has a .62 ERA. He's given up two runs in 29 innings this year. And Joe Ryan's 5-0. and all. Mm-hmm. Um, So those three you feel really good about. After that, there are question marks. The bullpen's been fantastic. So, again, I think the wild card, and I talked about him earlier, I think the wild card is Joey Gallo. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like as long as he's healthy, Buxton will produce. Carlos Correa is going to be fine. I think Jose Miranda is starting to hit a little bit. Um, you kind of know what you're going to get, but with Gallo, you don't. And I think if he continues to play like he has this first month, that's really good for the Twins. Um, you know, I think he is the biggest threat in the lineup um, for any team, you know, especially against right-handed pitching. So um, I, I think that's what I would argue is he's both the biggest threat and the biggest question mark and wild card. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. So moving away from just Twins White Sox, what are your thoughts, you know, as we get into this season? Again, we've only seen about a month of baseball, but who do you kind of have going all the way, being strong contenders or being underdogs that you think could at least, you know, make a wild card race or even make it into a, a first round? I think the stories of the season so far this year are Baltimore in the American League and Pittsburgh in the National League. <laughs> and that's not to say they'll be there at the end of the year, but it is fun to see those non-traditional teams um, that haven't been there for a long time doing well. At the end of the day, I really think that, you know, it's it's Atlanta. I think Philadelphia will be, I mean, they've been okay so far. Um you know, I do think that if the Brewers get their pitching staff healthy, those are probably your your three top teams in the National League. In the American League, you know, you, you kind of feel like, I mean, the Rays are good. They're always good. They're always outperforming what you think they're going to do because of their budget, because of how they make deals, but they're always there. And you also know that the Yankees are going to do whatever they have to do. So they're always there. I'd love to see Baltimore 
get on top or Toronto get on top of, of the Yankees. That's my hope. So yeah. And then in the AL Central, you know, well, I should say in the AL West, it's going to be Houston again, but the Angels did do a lot with Otani and Trout and Rendon and then adding, um, you know, a few pitchers and some bullpen options and depth. I think they'll be better. Those, that's definitely worth watching. Uh, and in the AL Central, again, I do think it's going to be a three-team race, but all three teams have the ability to take off, and all three teams have the ability to completely drop <laughs> drop out. So <laughs> I really think it's going to be an intriguing division, and, and that's, I guess, where I would go. But I would, you know, if you wanted uh, World Series predictions, I, I just, I'm big in Atlanta. And in the American League, uh, it's hard to argue against Houston just because they've been there for so long. And and they actually did add Jose Abreu. So, yeah, um, but they did lose Justin Verlander, which has been a, a big hit to their starting rotation. It has, but Hunter Brown's kind of jumped into that spot and been fantastic as well. And, and Verlander hasn't pitched yet this year. I, I think he's got to rehab this, this weekend or something like that. So... You know, their ability to come up with pitching is is just amazing. And, you know, Luis Garcia and uh, Christian Javier to go with Jose Urquidy and, and uh, you know, now Hunter Brown fits into that as well. And Framber Valdez is, I mean, he's an all-star, but he's still very underrated in my mm-hmm. opinion. So they just have the depth that's just hard to overcome. Yeah, they they've always had that depth. I love that you said Anything you completely disagree with me on in those? I mean, I kind of went a little wild, but uh, anything that, you know, you disagree on? Not really, no. I mean, I think we're on the same page. I'm glad that you did mention the Pirates because I'm wearing my Pirates adjacent, um, you know, Dave (laughs) Dave Parker shirt. Um, Oh, that's awesome. And the Pirates have just been so much fun. I know people are going to get sick of me talking about the Pirates, but they have. They've been a blast so far this year, and the Orioles have been a blast so far this year. And the Drew Maggi story is amazing. He got called up by the Twins in Toronto during the COVID situation and and was a 31-year-old would-be rookie. He got called up and was on the roster for either two or three games, and inexplicably they didn't play him. Mm-hmm. which was so annoying for Twins fans and especially myself. So to see him get the chance at 33, and I don't care if he ever gets a hit, I just I love that story. I love that uh, perseverance um, story, and, I mean, that's great. And then for a guy like Andrew McKinnon and where he's at in his career to uh, to really insist on making sure that Maggie plays, um, I mean, just uh, to me, a great story. And I like Derek Shelton. He was the Twins uh, bench coach in 2019 when they had the Bomba squad and obviously very well respected. Good to see him get that extension as well. Yeah, I will say the only team I'm really kind of waiting to see where they hit kind of midseason are the Diamondbacks because they've been on a tear lately, too, which is interesting because I feel like they were one of the worst teams last year. Yeah. Well, and, and again, it comes down to pitching when you've got Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, um, you know, they have a couple other names that aren't as well known. I want to say is Logan Webb still with them or is he with the Giants, but um, yeah, you know, they've got some pitching and they've got guys that can hit, you know, so I I mean, they made a bold move by dropping uh, Madison Bumgarner with so much time and money left in that deal, but I mean, that tells you they're not just going to sit back and accept 
you know, a terrible pitcher, mm -hmm. um, you know, not to bring that back to the White Sox, but it's like the Dallas Keuchel situation is, you know, he's <laughs> good and great for a long time. And then all of a sudden you got to know when to, to let him go. So yeah, the Diamondbacks are definitely interesting. I, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many great stories. And again, I, I follow the twins. So I noticed, you know, like Brent Rooker just finally getting an opportunity in Oakland and coming up big yesterday at a home run off of Shohei Otani. You know, I mm -hmm. mean, that's, I love stuff like that. I just wrote about that for my morning pitcher list column. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a wild game because Otani was a home run away from the cycle. Mm -hmm. And then that Rooker home run was just, it's cool to see because, you know, the A's have, have also been down bad all season so far. So yeah, those are the moments I like really live for and make like remind me of why I do love baseball so much is that you can be like almost nobody and still hit that, you know, big blast against one of the best pitchers and hitters yeah. in baseball right now. Absolutely. And you love to see those guys that don't get the credit, get their moment you know, I'm the moment in the sun, so to speak. Yeah. Well, um, thank you again for coming on. This is where you plug yourself, where we can find you, your socials, everything else. Okay. Well, I mean, the main one would be Twitter, which is uh, at Seth Tweets. Um, yeah, I don't know why I went with that, but uh, <laughs> that was a long time ago. So at Seth Tweets, and then we've got at Twins Daily. Um, you know, that's the website page. Uh, other than that, it's twinsdaily.com, brewerfanatic.com, northsidebaseball.com. Um, yeah, we're pretty excited about, you know, what Twins Daily's become over the last 12 years and, you know, hope to bring that to, to the Brewers fans, to the Cubs fans and, you know, go from there. So it's, it's, it's an honor to be on the show with you. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah, totally. We have a lot of random Brewers adjacent people in the White Sox space just because close proximity. Yep. And sometimes we just want to go see a team that's doing better. So, hey, you might get some hits from that, too. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Seth, for coming on the show. Best of luck to you in this upcoming series. Thank you very much. And you as well. And, and uh, go Twins. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.